No Christ in your sermon, sir? Then go home and never preach again until you have something worth preaching. So said the Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, in 1876, and we count that declaration Pactum approved, even in the 21st century. That's right. Hello and welcome to the Pactum. I'm Mike Grimes here with Pat Abendroth. This is episode 158, and today on the episode we're going to be talking about evangelizing Christians. Are you kidding me? That's what the title is. I wonder what that's 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 going to be about. But before we do that, we on the Pactum here are so thankful for Pactum listeners, sometimes referred to as the Pactum verse. Yeah. And we've got a new rating here, five star rating. We kind of like that. But when I looked, we're like 4.8. Eight or something total, what? or four point nine. It makes me kind of feel Arminianish. That's I, we got to get that to five. I point. guess so. So thank you for those of you who've given us five stars, and you can do so more than once. I'm told this one is from <laughs> Bike Doc three sixty five. I think I know who that. I have is. an idea who that is. Yeah, thanks for the five stars. It says easy to understand, awesome, and then it doesn't say awesome, but it just says easy to understand. Easy to understand. And my, yeah. Yeah. my my commentary is awesome. awesome. And then it says, if you want to understand the Bible, God, law, gospel, and other fun stuff like coffee and bicycles, <laughs> Mike and Pat, or Pat and Mike, make it easy to understand. That's awesome. Thank you for that five-star review. Makes us easier to find from other, by other people. And uh, indeed, Mike Grimes knows so much was, about you bicycles. You know, I was about to say, I would venture to say that I have the <laughs> smallest amount of knowledge about bicycles. But you do own one. I do own one. Should I ask you when the last time was that you um rode that bicycle? <laughs> saddled up your horses. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be known that on episode one hundred and fifty eight, <laughs> Pat Avendrop referenced <laughs> Stephen Curtis Chapman. You know, I don't know. I have that uh you call those things uh it's not a well I yeah, but I have a trainer somewhere. I don't know where that's at. But that little thing you hook the wheel thing onto, I don't know. But I do have training one of those, wheels. I, I I have those two for my kids. <laughs> I do have an indoor exercise bike. Okay. And uh, I've rode that a few times. <laughs> it was one of those things where you get it and you're like, this is the most amazing thing ever. You lose all this weight and then you're like, I like to eat. And could do both. I just saw something on the interweb that had a woman in some other country riding uh, like a McDonald's stationary bike <laughs> at McDonald's, <laughs> like <for> fully <laughs> branded, eating her lunch as she was peddling. Was it an advertisement for McDonald's? They're trying to get you I to have no see that it's okay? Idea. I only eat McDonald's when I'm in other countries. So hmm. McKebab, things Mc, like that. McKebab. I had a – what was the – was it called a McSpicy in India, maybe? I've had some awesome McDonald's in India. I tell you, it it's was different. You know, chicken patty, kind yeah. of different stuff. Yep. Who tika, is it? Tika Tika. Uh, Tim, Tim Challies. Is that a guy's name? Yeah. Tim Challies. He's been like, everywhere he goes, he gets McDonald's in all these different countries. And he counts how many. It's like some absurd amount of like 30-some different McDonald's he's been to. I don't know. It's pretty wild. Street cred, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So today, as we talk about evangelizing Christians, we do have a top 10 list, 10 reasons why we should evangelize Christians. 
I was looking for some kind of sound bite for top ten lists. You know, David, top ten Dave Letterman old type school thing. David Letterman, and there wasn't any really good sound bite I found. But oh. it, they did have a, an episode where it was James Earl Jones, and they said <laughs> things that would sound better if James Earl Jones said them. Top ten, <laughs> and then of course, you know, making the cameo. Here comes J- James Earl Jones. Walk out. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> we should have got him to find. voice over the Pactum stuff. Ooh, we could do that. Yeah, Darth Vader voice. Yeah. Yep. That'd be awesome. He did all the first episode. I saw an interview with him about that too. Maybe the first Star Wars in two hours. Serious. Uh-huh. That's impressive. Yeah. That Interesting. Is. Interesting cat. Mm. So we got 10 reasons why we, why we would want to evangelize Christians. Yes. Uh, yes. First, what do we mean by evangelize? What do we mean by the gospel? We should kind of start by talking about those things. So yeah. we mean preach the gospel to Christians. That's what we mean by evangelism. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Today on the episode, we'll probably float in and out of talking about preaching as in preaching proper, uh, but don't lose sight or don't lose, what do we, not sight. Don't hmm. lose hold of, don't, don't lose sight. <laughs> don't lose hearing. <laughs> <laughs> stick with us. Stick, stick with us because we're talking about proclaiming, right? Yeah. We're talking about evangelizing people. Sometimes, yes, indeed, Sunday morning from a pulpit kind of thing, but uh, we're not limiting ourselves to that. So why Christians should evangelize other Christians, that's what we're getting at. Yep. And so in in or out of the pulpit, either way. And let's start by saying we should evangelize Christians, number one, because many do not know the gospel. Hmm. Many people who say they're Christians don't actually know the Christ of the gospel, or they don't know what the gospel actually is, or at least they don't know it very, very well. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are all about, the Pactum is all about talking to people about the gospel, but yes, not yeah. only unbelievers, believers too, because lots of believers, if you ask them, you just say, can you tell me what the gospel is? It is astounding, the response you get. It's, it is, or the response that you, you don't, don't get. get yes, both well, yes, yeah, yeah. So, it, you know, give them a little quiz. You can even say, I was listening to a podcast today mm-hmm. or recently, and they said, you should ask, uh, ask Christians if they can tell you what the gospel is. Mm-hmm. And I would add a footnote without sounding like they're a part of a different religion. <laughs> right. So uh, here, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a thing. Uh, yeah. I'm at a loss for words even on an episode of the Pactum. <laughs> <laughs> the gospel is a vital Christian doctrine. We just did our series on that. It is of first importance, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And so we would expect Christians to know what is of first importance in Christianity. Right. And that would be... The gospel. gospel. And by gospel, we mean the good news regarding Jesus, the person and work of the Lord Jesus. So it means good news. Let's at least have that. And then it is the good news about what he has accomplished. And that would be his life, his death, his resurrection on behalf of those he represents. Mm. So ask Christians what the gospel is. Quiz them. Or you could be a little, you know, trickier and say true or false. The essence of Christianity is to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. And they're going to say true, true nine times out of 10, <laughs> unless they're Pactum listeners, then they'll know that's the essence of the law, oh. which is good and important. It is good. But it's not the gospel. It's not. Yeah. So evangelize Christians because many Christians don't know what the gospel is. Yeah, for sure. I've enjoyed having opportunity to talk with 
many a Christian yeah, and, and ask them what the gospel and, is. And they and sometimes they just get nervous and they're like, I don't true. want to get that's it wrong. True. I don't want to say the wrong thing. You're going to judge me if I say the wrong thing or I know you're a pastor and I know you guys are those <laughs> Pactum guys. And that's if right. I say the wrong thing, this is going to go south in a hurry. And then I don't know what's going to happen. But it's it's good to encourage people that, you know what, I think you know more about the gospel. You know what the gospel is. Be confident in that. And proclaim it and herald it right now as I'm sitting here across from you. Let me have it. Mike's Tell getting me, fired you know? up. Yeah. Come and, on. And maybe knowing that they might get nervous, yeah. be, be nice. Yeah. Just be kindly, be gently encourage them. And you can even prod with some uh, questions that help them see that you know more about it. Mike, speaking of being nice about doing things like this, um, so a church member said to me that they were on an airplane and they ran into somebody who's coming to Omaha. Uh, from somewhere else. And so the church member said, so what's bringing you to Omaha? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. I'm getting some of the details wrong. Sure. They were coming to Omaha and they, they, they knew me. And so, um, Whoa. yeah. And so I said, were, were, were you nice to them? <laughs> How did you treat them? <laughs> and he said, well, I, I think I was nice. And I said, well, I'm super glad because I don't think they're Pat's biggest fan. <laughs> It is what it is. Oh, it is what it is. Oh man. We are seeking to be at peace with all men insofar as, as possible. possible yep. But life is hard sometimes. It is. Even on the pactum, life is hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, number 2, why we would, <laughs> we want to evangelize Christians because number 2, some are not actually Christians. S- yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Many and many people you, say they're Christians and yes, they're not Christians. A lot of people will say they're Christians and they're not. So don't take people's word for it. Right. Again, you can smile and be nice. Yeah. And, we're, and we're not those people. We're, we're not those guys. We're not the the question everyone's salvation police. No, no. We're not, we're, we're not taking that tack today on the pactum. We don't want you to be that person either. Mm-hmm. But having said that, evangelize everyone because some people who say they're Christians aren't Christians and maybe they'll get converted. So yeah. I know and, I, I would have said I was a Christian even before I was one. Yeah, sure. And I was kind of offended that somebody evangelized me. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to assume the gospel, right? Even mm-hmm. if, And you can say, well, what if they're already a Christian? Well, that's good. They'll be encouraged to be reminded yet again yes, of God's grace absolutely. in their life. So go for it. Number three is going to be what? Evangelize Christians because the Bible models it. Romans chapter one is really helpful when it comes to this matter. We've spoken about it on the Pactum before, Mm -hmm. uh, but in Romans chapter one, the apostle Paul is eager to evangelize Christians. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, some people give that the Scooby-Doo look and they don't know, they they don't know what to do (laughs) with it. But with that said, it does say in Romans chapter one, verse seven, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. So he's writing to Christians. Christians. So writing to Christians in verse eight, he says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. So they're, they're famous for being mm-hmm. Christians in yeah, Rome. It's known. Uh, so they already are trusting in Christ. That's how Paul uses the word faith in Romans. So you have all that. And then if you drop down to verse 15 in chapter one of Romans, it says, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Hmm. Ta-da! Hmm. Preaching the gospel <laughs> to Christians. There it is. I love it that he is preaching the gospel to Christians. Um, he can't get to them. He wants to. He's longing to come to see them. Different things have kept him from going there is what he's talking about in chapter one. But in the meantime, what does he do? 
what he's what, what he does is he writes, he writes the gospel. Romans. He writes Romans. Yeah. So we could look at other passages as well, where the gospel is preached again and again and again. Uh, sometimes to address problems, sometimes yep. to address yep. controversies, and to help people with their Christology or whatever it is. But again and again, Christians are hearing the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ, and they don't say you don't get the, the impression that you know the Apostle Paul's like, well, I, I know you already know this, yeah, right. Um, but just in case, yeah, no. he's preaching the gospel to Christians. We want to talk about why with our next... Yes, number four, we want Uh, to evangelize Christians because... Reason number four. Spiritual growth requires it. This also relates to Romans chapter one. Yeah. So the reason the Apostle Paul wanted to preach the gospel to the Christians in Rome would be because it glorifies God, yes, but also, and and maybe there's some pesky unbelievers who say they're Christians... (laughs) Or not so pesky. But with that said, he, he knows that they need to grow spiritually. He wants them to be growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and therefore growing spiritually. And so back to that text in Romans 1. Yep. He does say, as a matter of fact, in verse 11, so he wants to preach. Um, he, he's talking to Christians. We talked about that in verse 7. But then down in verse 11, he says that he wants to see them, to impart to them some spiritual gift. And then it says to strengthen you. So he's looking mm-hmm. to strengthen them. That's what this whole thing was about. I want to strengthen you. Verse 15, eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. And then if that's not convincing enough, the bookends, the bookends of the book of Romans mm-hmm. in the doxology. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as he's praising God for all these great things. Chapter 16, verse 25. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, see spiritual growth, mm-hmm. uh, to grow you up in Christ, to make you stable, to make you um, sure-footed, to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Mm. It's awesome. Yeah. To the only wise God, glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. So that there, there it is. There it is. Strengthened according to the gospel. Spiritual growth does not happen uh, somehow devoid of or divorced from the gospel. It's actually wrapped up in it. So we preach the gospel to unbelievers so that they might come to believe in the Lord Jesus. And then we preach the gospel gospel to believers because we want them to be strong. We want them to be growing. So... There's that. And what we're not saying, we should say, because we have to do that a lot. What we're not (laughs) saying is you just preach this kind of canned gospel presentation um, to Christians again and again and again, and somehow it will make them spiritually strong. Think about the whole book of Romans. It's it's gospel. He he's helping them to understand the the breadth and the height and the gravity and the wonder and goodness yeah. of of the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel of Christ. Right. Yeah. So you know, I think sometimes there are people who would say, "Man, I'm hearing a lot of this gospel talk and a lot of this every everything's about Jesus all the time. Can you give me some more stuff that'll help me, you know, live my life better and uh, be a better Christian?" But what we're saying is, well, what you need to hear is the gospel. What you need to be strengthened to grow spiritually, to be sanctified, is to hear the gospel. And like you said, it's not just those simple uh, short summations of the gospel, Mm -hmm. but it's the Mm -hmm. full depth and riches of the gospel, as you see in the book of Romans. Yeah, and we see it, for example, when it comes to the more practical things, as you were just raced into my mind as you were speaking about them, Ephesians does talk about some practical matters. But it's all front-loaded with gospel. So we've got the first three chapters, and then it's the therefore. And so gospel, gospel, gospel. Colossians works works the same way. So it's it's never 
uh, separate from. As a yes. matter of fact, even when we're having troubles and we're, we're not doing the things we should do in our homes, for example, if we're looking at chapter five of Ephesians, what, what we need to do is say, actually, this is probably a gospel problem as mm. far as understanding the work of Christ, right, what right. he's done for you, when he did it for you. And if that's the case, you, you can put up with a lot. Right. You can be kind, you can be generous, you can be forgiving as you've been forgiven much in Christ. Yeah. So moving right along here on our reasons why we should evangelize Christians. Number five, evangelism. I can't even say it. I keep saying the word weird. Evangelize Christians because number five, many are starving for it. <laughs> many are starving for the gospel. They are. And maybe we could even, we could, we could replace number five with not just many are starving for it, for the gospel. Evangelize Christians because many other people don't evangelize mm. Christians, yeah, right. yeah. including Christian pastors mm. and people therefore are starving for it. They might not even know they're starving. Sure. Yeah. Um, it may have taken so long, but once they get a taste of it. Uh, it seems to me that they they, they can't go back. Hmm. Spurgeon has this to say. It's going to be a Spurgeon episode. A Spurgeon, today, yeah. By the way, mm-hmm. he says, if we are to see the Church of God really restored to her pristine glory, we must have back this simp- this plain, simple gospel preaching. Hmm. So, health of the church, which is made up of Christians. How we're going to have a healthy church, what we need to do is get back to gospel preaching, simple, yeah. plain gospel preaching. Uh, he didn't say shallow, but he said simple and plain heralding of the good news regarding Jesus, his person and his work. That is, that's uh, unexhaustible, hmm, yeah. inexhaustible, in, unexhaustible. In, 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 yeah. We cannot exhaust, cannot exhaust. The, the, the greatness <laughs> of the, the work of Christ, the person and work of Christ. Uh, and so, yeah. Preach it. Preach it, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So number six, we kind of alluded, I jumped a slight bit ahead on number six uh, a moment ago. Pactum listeners are patient. They are. So it's okay. Thank you for your patience. (laughs) We want to evangelize Christians because number six, Christian obedience is ordered by it. Back to the book of Romans. Yes. Yeah. Which is the gospel book, but it does talk about behavior. It does talk about response. And so Christian obedience is ordered by hearing the gospel by knowing and understanding the gospel. It makes me think of Romans chapter 12, where you've got this, you know, awesome, full throated, full throttle. I don't know which one sounds better, which one is more passionate. I'm not sure. I appeal to you. ESV says that I kind of like the way I memorized it. I urge Urge you, you, right? I urge you therefore brethren or brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Hmm. I love the the exhortation because it comes in light of, here's who Jesus is, here's what he has accomplished for you. Now act, now respond with worship, now respond with praise, uh, uh, a lifestyle of praise, even if you will. And it's all because of the mercies of God, shorthand for all because of the gospel. Yeah. So that that's what we mean by it. It orders our obedience. So because of what Christ has done, then we are called to action. We are called to obey. We obey out of safety, not out of terror. Yep. We right. obey because we are heirs and there's nothing that we can do to increase our airship. airship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the law doesn't condemn us anymore. The law only guides us. Right, right. So... But if we don't understand the gospel and we don't understand what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us, like we've been talking about, obedience doesn't make sense. Obedience comes for the wrong reasons. Right, yeah. 
So even Jerry Bridges talks about preaching the gospel to yourself every day. Yes. Yeah. Because it puts obedience every day in the right perspective. Right. Yeah. So with that in mind, it makes me think of Romans 6 and that whole section. We won't take the time to read it on the packet today, but maybe just a segment because it talks about this very matter of obedience and following God's commandments, uh, not for justification, but because of justification. Mm. So because of the gospel, Yes, indeed, we want to do the right thing. It says in Romans chapter 6, verse 12, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, law-breaking, is mm-hmm. what that means, right. but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought... Excuse me. I'm like you. <laughs> who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness, as instruments for obedience to God. Mm. Again, even legal obedience. Verse 14, for sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. And as we've said many times on episodes, we're not under law for for justification. We're under grace for justification, but he's not calling people to lawlessness by saying you're not under law because he just talked about being an instrument for righteousness. So it has everything to do with in Christ we have salvation and we have all of his, the benefits that come to us that he accomplished, that he earned, and now we're called to obey. Now we're yeah. called to obey, but for the right reasons. Yep. Um, this is the whole it, guilt, grace, gratitude. It is actually the whole guilt, grace, gratitude thing. Yeah, now we sure. do it out of gratitude. Yeah. So when I hear the gospel, it reminds me, it, it, it stokes in me this fire of wanting to do the right thing. Yeah. Because now I can, because now the Lord accepts even my, my, my most broken efforts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm in Christ. Yeah. It's good stuff. So another seventh reason we're blazing through these today. Uh, the seventh reason that we evangelize Christians is because Christians still sin. Indeed. We do. (laughs) We long for that day when we don't sin any longer, when we no longer have the struggle, when we do everything right, we love God with with pristine and pure motives and a pure Mm -hmm. heart. That day will come. We know that that day will come when we see Christ and we're transformed and we're we're made like him. Glorification is sure to come to the point where the Bible says we have been glorified because we're in Christ. But in the meantime... Um, when we're waiting for that consummation, if you will, in the meantime, Christians sin. And if Christians sin, they need to be reminded that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. First yeah. uh, John chapter two, verse one is a favorite of ours. Yep, yep. My little children, I'm writing these, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. Period. <laughs> but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Hmm. So that right there is a great gospel statement. Our advocate is Jesus Christ. And who is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is the righteous. He is the law keeper, the law obeyer. Um, So it's good to know that he's on our side and he claims us as his own. And he can point to himself. He can point to himself because of his own works. Hmm. And the Father accepts us because of who he is as our advocate. And that is good gospel news. Mm. And if you're a preacher, 
the people you're preaching to need to know this. Mm -hmm. Yes, they need to know the law. They need to know about their guilt, but they also need to know the gospel because the Lord Jesus Christ is mighty to save Mm -hmm. and he is our righteousness. And if you're not a preacher, you need to hear this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And oh, by the way, the preacher needs needs to hear hear this. So preach the gospel to anyone and everyone, yes, even to Christians, yeah, because Christians struggle and they need to be reminded about Christ. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm just going to say I love recording the Pactum every week because I get to, again, be reminded, not by myself, but even just sitting across from you as we record, just hearing you talk and then we talk back and forth, to be encouraged and how awesome it is the salvation we have through the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to hear that in daily. Indeed. It's amazing. Indeed. I wonder how many times we say indeed on the Pactum. Indeed. Uh, I don't know. I thought maybe you were going to say you enjoyed recording the Pactum because every time you sit across the Pactum table, <laughs> you're, you're staring at a fellow sinner and you're just reminded about how bad Pat is. That's what I meant to say. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say that. Let's do another take. I'll say that. I am indeed the biggest sinner that I know. All right. We need to evangelize Christians, number eight, because the Bible is a book about Christ. Even the Old Testament, Mike? The Bible, I said, which is the whole kit and caboodle. Even the Old Testament is about (laughs) Christ. I mean, can we at least say in anticipation? Yes. It's all looking forward to that. Yes, indeed. I've been on the other other side of things, and I've maybe functionally acted as if the Bible is not a book about Christ. Mm. And I just want you to know, Mike... It's not very fun. Not very fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's not very fun at all. The Pactum, how about this? The Pactum itself calls for us to read the Bible like it's a Christian book. And we don't don't mean the podcast. (laughs) We don't mean the publishing. We don't mean the conferences. The Pactum, the Pactum Salutis, the covenant of redemption, the Mm. intra-Trinitarian pact, right? Before the foundation of the world uh, that elect sinners would be saved. Yes, that's what Ephesians 1 talks about. And the last time we checked here on the Pactum, before the foundation of the world is before Genesis 1-1, not to mention Genesis 12, not to mention Genesis 15. Guess what? Ultimately, the Bible is a book about Christ. Christ thought so. He said, if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he, Moses, wrote of me. That's pretty profound, (laughs) John chapter 5, verse 46. Wow. How about Matthew chapter 2, verse 15? Out of Egypt, I called my son. Mm. Hold on. That's what it says in Matthew 2, 15, but it's quoting Hosea 11, 1. And Matthew 2, 15 has just gripped me lately because it says uh, that this was to fulfill. It says, they remained there until the death of Herod, talking about baby Jesus and his family. Mm -hmm. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt, I called my son. Well, at least when I checked in Hosea 11, 1, it doesn't really look like a prophecy. Hmm. But Matthew, the inspired writer says, this happened with Jesus to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet I'm pretty sure what's happening there, Mike, I'm pretty sure that Old Testament history hmm. is fulfilled because it, it functions like a prophecy. Right, yeah. Right, And it's fulfilled in the ultimate son, not Israel, the lesser son. It's fulfilled in the ultimate son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Old Testament and Old Testament history about Israel is prophetic, looking forward to Christ the ultimate son, man, my brain is like ready to blow wow. up with goodness when I yeah. think about those things. Yeah. So that, that causes me to read the Old Testament differently. Yeah. 
causes me to read the Old Testament Christianly. Mm. Uh, and so when I'm preaching the Old Testament or studying the Old Testament or leading a Bible study in the Old Testament, I now on good have it on good authority that I should be thinking about the coming of Christ even when I'm reading mm. about the Exodus. Sure. Yeah. Even when I'm reading about those kinds of things. Because it's in anticipation by design, according to the pactum, mm-hmm. causing me to think about Jesus. That's awesome. It's good. So good I stuff. preached the gospel in Exodus, amazingly enough. Yeah. And I didn't have to do um, hermeneutical gymnastics. You didn't. You to did. do that. It's there. It's Amazing. built in by divine design, by the divine author. I was just reading uh, this morning in a class uh, a great quote by Kim Riddlebarger. Mm. And he says this, the entire Old Testament is filled with the expectation and promise of a coming redeemer. Mm. I guess I could just stop quoting him there. But he goes on to say mm-hmm. he would crush the serpent. He would crush the serpent, but would be bruised himself. He would come from the seed of the woman, be the seed of Abraham, hail from the tribe of, tribe of Judah, and be a descendant of David. The coming one would fulfill the offices of prophet, priest, and king, for he is the final prophet, the great high priest, and the conquering king. But the coming one also would be a suffering servant who would save his people through his suffering and death. He was the mysterious son of Mm. man. He would bring with him the kingdom of God and would establish a new and better covenant. I just love the way he tried to capture the whole Old Testament kind of storyline and say... It's looking to Christ. It's looking to Christ. It's looking to Christ in anticipation, in promise, great stuff. And so let's preach the gospel to Christians. Let's herald the gospel to Christians because the whole Bible is indeed a messianic book. It is. Yes, for sure. Certainly. And related to that, we come to number nine. Number nine, evangelize, evangelize. What is it? I don't know. Evangelize Christians because Mike can't even evangelize. He can't evangelize because <laughs> he can't word. even say the, the ever loving uh, word. Number nine: Bad things happen when we don't. <laughs> indeed, bad. Indeed, indeed. I need, there a, it is new, a new response word hmm. for sure. Hundred percent. For sure. Hundred percent. Cool, hundred percent. That's what the, I tell you. What? Hundred percent. <laughs> okay. Bad it, things happen when we don't evangelize. Hundred percent up there. <laughs> okay. Bad things do happen. Bad things happen to people's understanding of the Bible. Bad things happen yeah. in people's lives when you do this. Now all of a sudden you're you know, you're reading the Bible. Bad things happen to the Bible and with the Bible and because of the Bible. Hmm. Sadly, when you don't evangelize Christians from the Bible, because what ends up happening is you moralize, you somehow, you know, David, be a better David. Mm-hmm. I've heard that sermon too many times. Oh yeah. Um, you know, now what, what do you do with the old Testament instead of having it be about looking forward to Christ and typifying Christ because of the prophet, the priest, the king, the spotless lamb, the Passover lamb. Yeah. Well, character studies gone wild, gone crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we should point out the fact that this is one of the very things that Jay Gresham Machen in the book Christianity Christianity and Liberalism was combating because mm, that's yeah. what the people who didn't really believe in miracles did with the Bible. Mm. So if you preach the Bible as a Christian book and therefore evangelize Christians in your approach to teaching and preaching the Bible, 
Good things are going to happen. Yeah. Christ is going to be exalted and honored instead of bad things happening. Right. So again, you just try to tell people to be a better David. That's confusing in lots of ways. Be a better Daniel. That's confusing in lots of ways. Mm -hmm. Sure, we can learn from the good things that they did because they did some good things. But ultimately, there has to be a better David. Right. There has to be a better Daniel. There there has to be one. And so have have, have the Bible be... um, a Christ-shaped book, if you would. Yes, for sure. Evangelize Christians from both testaments. I've even heard some pretty crazy things. Oh, wait a second. I have to confess. This is a Pactum Absolvum, epi- Absolvum episode. Pardon here. I've, I pardon you. <laughs> <laughs> I've preached the Gospels in a way that didn't sound very Gospel-esque before, mm. which is not helpful. It's mm. not intentional. Yeah. So... The Bible is not meant to answer everybody's question about everything in life. So if you don't have it be about Christ um, and about the evangel, if you mm. will, the mm-hmm. good one, yeah. you're going to make it about all kinds of other things sure. that it was yeah. never even intended to be about. Mike, are we ever going to do an episode called The Insufficiency of Scripture? Oh, have we, we've talked about that. We probably shouldn't do an episode. Yeah. Maybe we should because we like to trigger people. Uh, yeah. We've talked about that, though, uh-huh. I think. The Bible's not designed to help you with every question you would ever have because the Bible itself says you should look outside of the Bible to learn certain things. Not about salvation. You shouldn't do that, but to learn other things. Right? Yes. Proverbs 6, learn we'll from the ant. Right, learn from natural law the way things go. We've got one more to do. We've Mike. got one more to do. Let's wrap it up with number ten on our list of why we should evangelize Christians. Because number ten, apologetics is supported by it. It's just going to happen naturally, yeah, right? Right. We're, we're called to give a defense for the hope that is in us, a defense for the faith, according to First Peter. So we are called to defend the faith. I think if you preach the gospel to Christians and you help them to understand the profound nature of the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you never tire of it, you keep doing that, it never gets boring. There are mm. lots of texts to choose from, right? 66 books, lots. Uh, lots and lots of verses. But what's going to happen is if you're reading the Bible this way, if you're preaching the gospel to yourself, if you will, Jerry Bridges style, or if you're a preacher or a Bible study leader and you're doing this very thing, People are going to be better equipped with the genuine article, mm, yeah. the gospel. And so when they hear something that maybe is an imposter, it's a fake gospel, a, a faux gospel. Mm, mm-hmm. That sounds like some kind of slang for something crazy. <laughs> but right, their, their spidey senses are going to go right, up, yeah, right? Yeah. They're going to they're say, that, that's, that's not, right. not right. I know that's yeah. not right. Yeah. And so it's going to help people with, with discernment, and it's going to help people to be able to engage other people when they are giving them a a load of something that's mm. not a load of gospel, <laughs> they're going to say that's not right. And they're going to be better equipped to be able to respond appropriately in a good Christ honoring kind of way yep. is what's going to happen. Yep. I think we should maybe talk about Spurgeon one more time because we opened the show with Spurgeon. And let's end with We kind of right? sprinkled some Spurgeon or immersed people in Spurgeon. <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there a little there. later, <laughs> but how about one more and let's close it out with Spurgeon. People have often asked me, Spurgeon says, what is the secret of your success? I will Always answer that I have no other secret but this, that I have preached the gospel, not about the gospel, but the gospel, the full, free, glorious gospel of the living Christ, who is the incarnation of 
the good news. Hmm. Um, That's good. I'm digging that for sure. For sure. We want to thank you for being a part of the Pactum Verse. As always, you can find more information about the Pactum on thepactum.org, and you can go to thepactum.org, our website, and get registered and signed up for the 2024 Pactum Conference, God's Good Law, here in Omaha, Nebraska. We'd love to see you there. There's more details, information, registration for you there on our website. You can also get in touch with us on X at the Pactum, Instagram at the Pactum Theology. You can email us, connect at thepactum.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on The Pactum. Pactum.